Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 65th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're going back to the 80s this week. Mick Bennett, nine appearances for the Wolves between 1983 and 1984. Mick, how are you, mate? I'm great, thanks. Nice to uh, speak to you, Jason, especially about the old days. I always like to catch up. Good, good, good. I mean, there was a little bit of confusion, actually, earlier in the week where I got past your details by a gentleman by the name of Charles Bamforth. Um, Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I did think you was in America, Mick, and I texted you in the week and I said, right, Mick, um, what's the time difference where you are for this podcast? (laughs) And you went... Oh, yeah, that's right, of course, yeah. And what what was more confusing was I've spent the last seven years in Azerbaijan so I was assuming you thought I was in Azerbaijan actually um, <laughs> right but yeah so a bit of a confusion but uh, we're straight now and we I'm are mate we are due to the Covid yeah so because you're, yeah. In, you're in sunny Bolton and I can confirm yeah. there is absolutely no time difference absolutely no time difference and unfortunately absolutely no sun uh, it's not the sunniest part of the world Bolton and Manchester yeah, it, so uh, <laughs> it certainly but, yeah, isn't I think, but, yeah. but you, you're, you're obviously Bolton born and bred, I believe, Mick, and you, your hometown club was Bolton, uh, and that was your first club. And So how did you get spotted by Bolton Wanderers? Uh, well, in those days, th- th- there were no academies, so it was just the usual, playing for school, and then uh, maybe play for your local boys' club, yeah. junior club. Uh, and I was scouted by Bolton Wanderers. There was a few clubs actually at the time, as, as they tended to be in those days. Manchester City, I, I almost signed for. Yeah. Uh, but but one was being my boy home club and my family all supported Bolton Wanderers. Yeah. It was always a dream of mine to uh, play for Bolton. So when they came knocking on the door at schoolboy level, I, I signed, and I was fortunate enough to get offered apprenticeship and then professional form so it was a dream come true for me really oh i mean it's, it's huge obviously hometown club like that and at the time yeah. i believe you made your first team debut at 17 didn't you mick yeah that's right um at the time bolton were late 70s going through a really good good period with ian greaves as manager i think they missed out on promotion yeah twice uh and I, and I was an avid fan i used to go to as many games as i could home and away traveled all over so i was a spectator with all my schoolmates and yeah you can imagine signing for the club i was training with well cleaning his boots frank worthington at the time wow peter reed uh sam allardyce they're all in the team so i went from being on the terraces and singing for them Within six months, I was actually on the pitch with my schoolmates all in the crowd singing for me. So it was a dream come true, really. And, and to cap it all, my first full game was Manchester United at home, which it could, doesn't get any bigger than that if you're a Bolton fan. Wow. Um, so it was an amazing time for me, as you, as you can imagine. Oh, of course. And I believe as well, because uh, obviously, well as playing for Bolton, you actually played and represented England schoolboys as well. Uh, England youth, actually. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the school, I, I, final trials for the school boys, and I got injured, unfortunately, so uh, that never happened. But yeah, I got selected for the England youth. In, 
the same kind of week really that I got in the first team for Bolton uh, at 17. I yeah. was fortunate enough to to play a year above, if you will. Um, so obviously that was a great honour as well. Two two of my ambitions all came together earlier than I would ever have expected. Playing for Bolton Wanderers first team and, and captain England, uh, even at, you know only youth level, but it was uh, an amazing time for a, for a teenager who just left school. Oh, yeah. And what did Peak you too early, I think, Jason. Oh, to be honest, <laughs> that's a. That's a, sadly, Mick, it's a bit of a familiar tale. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. It, 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 at 17, you, you literally, I mean, I remember me at 17, I didn't even know how to tie my shoelaces. Um, yeah. And all of a sudden, like you said, you, you, the heroes you've revered, you're actually on the same pitch as them. I mean, it does take a bit of getting used to, doesn't it? Oh, without a doubt. And, and in those days as well, Jason, it, it, you didn't have the kind of support that you get now, you, you know, at youth level, where there's a lot of work done on the mental side, the psychology, yes. uh, resting, looking after your muscles, not overplaying, not overtraining. Because as you can imagine in those days, if 15, 16, 17, you, you, it was non-stop. You were wanted everywhere, not just football, but school athletics, cross countries. Yeah. You know, it was non-stop constant. There's no way you'd, have, you'd do as much now these kids now would be forced to do what we had to do I'm not making excuses by the way I'm just yes. saying how different it was in those days and of course you know we had reserve teams then we didn't have under 18s under under 21s under yeah. 23s at the clubs you know at 15 I was playing in the reserve team next to Sam Allardyce and um, Paul Jones who were five, six, seven years older than me, he just got thrown in. There was no, oh, he's only a young kid, he might get hurt. Yeah. Uh, and that's how it was in those days. And, um, and what division were Bolton in at the time, Mick? They were in the first, the old, what is now the Premier League. Yeah. Um, so again, I mean, it, it was just unbelievable for, for myself to, uh, to to be playing at that level, at that age, when I'd just been playing at school yeah. for, um, you know, months previous. Um, wow, and, yeah, and in, it was. And in June 1983, the big move come to the mighty Wolverhampton Wanderers. Now, uh, obviously, the backstory is 82-83 season. We just got promoted um, from, yeah. from what was the old second division to the first division, and and you was one of the first signings, actually, Mick, which is quite interesting. So you'd left Bolton, your hometown club. You joined the yeah. other Wanderers, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, yeah. And like I said, you're still a young man. I mean, how yeah. did you, how did you hear about the move, Mick? Um, and, well, and was it difficult to leave your hometown club? Well, at the t no, well, not really, because at the time there was a lot of players leaving Bolton. Uh, Bolton were going through a really bad time. I think they got relegated the following year and went, actually went down right. all the leagues into the fourth, similar to what Wolves, yes. happened to Wolves a little bit later, actually. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's quite an interesting story. I mean, first of all, to get to Wolves, when I got the call, it, it was amazing because, obviously, Wolves had, had just got promoted yeah. off the euphoria I think a lot of it of being saved at the last minute because yes. they nearly went out of business didn't they Yes. Um, so it was an amazing call for me when I knew they'd just gone got promoted to the first Bolton was struggling in the second I still had ambitions of playing for England because I was only 19, 20 years old at the time Yeah. Um, but I'd actually agreed to sign for Bradford City okay. a couple of months earlier Trevor Cherry and Terry Yorris were the, were the managing team at Bradford they'd come to a Bolton game uh, asked me to sign we'd actually agreed but not signed anything but they said they'd, can, could I wait till the end of the season 
when I'd, I'd be on a free transfer yeah. so they could save a, a bit of money on paying money for me during the yeah. season which, which I was happy to do and then before anything happened I get gets a call off, off Wolves uh, Sammy Chapman I think it was at the time would I like to sign so you can imagine it's a bit of a conundrum I'd agree with Trevor Cherry and Terry Oyler to yes. go to Bradford um, so we'd had a gentleman's agreement if you will shake hands but what I did do I travelled across to Bradford to Valley Parade to meet Trevor and Terry and explain the situation yes. which at first they weren't very happy about yeah. but eventually they did understand because they said they did a few months later say you know mate, we'd have done the same thing a big club like Wolves just getting promoted to the first division on the up again we'd have done exactly the same Yeah, we'd have turned Bradford down we'd have gone to so uh, yeah it was exciting for me I always remember before I did make my decision meeting Derek Dugan, in yeah, the, in the, the, uh, the which the he was a right character. I'm sure you know. Yes, yes, more than yes. About Derek the Duke. Um I went to meet him at Molyneux in the boardroom. Um, it was a surreal situation for me, really. I mean, I was only 20 years old at the time. Yeah. Graham Hawkins took me into the boardroom, and uh, I always remember Derek Dugan. Uh, he had a cigar on, a glass of wine, and he was sat. The table must have been about 15 foot long in the boardroom. Yeah. He was sat at one end and he sat me at the opposite end. Um, needed uh, binoculars to see him. Anyway, <laughs> he, he, he just pointed out to me, look, we're Wolverhampton Wanderers. We're, um, we're on the up. You know, we've just been saved. I think, if I remember right, there was some memorabilia. It was uh, clocks with E.T. Did they used to call him E.T.? Is that right? Have I got that wrong? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I, but, but, I, yeah, the, the, I, uh, I think Wolves got saved at 11 o'clock or something, didn't they? Yeah, an, we, an we got saved in uh, 82, that's right, at 30th of July, from my memory well, there was a particular, me. there was a particular time and hour that it was like the 11, 11 o'clock or right, something. Right, okay. Oh, remember. the 11th, yeah, yeah. There was some memorabilia around the room at the time Yeah. That, regarding that. Uh and he basically taught me into it. It made me feel like I couldn't say no, which I was always happy to sign for Wolves anyway. Yes. Um, so he, I, I walked out of there feeling 10 foot tall. The Duke sold it to me, not that he had to. Uh, and I was just in a bit of, uh, well, I, I expecting to go off Bradford City in the third division to Wolverhampton Wanderers, who'd just gone up to the first. So well, I mean, obviously I was very excited. So that's that, that that really, I mean, that's the decision made in as much as you could have gone to Bradford. And, and you always say football's the flip of the coin. You could have gone to Bradford, yeah. Nick, um, third division. I mean, Wolves obviously knew what they was looking at, knew what they was looking for. But as a yeah. starry-eyed 20-year-old and Wolves, you know, yes, yeah. although we was in a bit of financial disarray, we're a big club and it was first division football. Um, it must have been for you quite a, a, a big moment. Well, it was. And um, to be honest, Jason, Bradford City, what they had offered me was more money than what I was going to get at Wolves. That's about right. <laughs> yeah, but, but I was ambitious. I wanted I, the money didn't matter. I wanted to go to. I wanted to prove myself. Yes. I still had aspirations of playing for England. Unfortunately, you know, as you know, things didn't work out. Yes. Um, I think Bradford City got promoted to the second division, and Wolves ended up going down to the second division. That's so, right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's football. Like you say, flip of a coin. I, I Who mean, knows what what's. To be wow. honest, Mick, that must have been very difficult for you. As I said, yes, it's a team on the ascendancy, but sadly, yeah. um, you know, it, it was a very, very tough season for you to walk into. 20 years yeah. of age and 
the 83-84 season, we did finish bottom. Um, yeah. I did remind you of a statistic earlier, which um, was you played nine games for the Wolves, and sadly, um, for, for reasons obviously no fault of your own, you never ended up on a winning side, did you, Mick? No, that's right. And and I actually thought I'd done well in, in a few of those games, and I didn't get... Um, for some reason, Graham Hawkins obviously didn't fancy me. Yeah. Um, so I was really disappointed because I wanted it to work at Wolves. Um, I, I loved, I loved it there. The fans were fantastic with me. Um, yes. You know, I spoke to a lot of the fans after games. Uh, they were good, to, always good to me during games, even when when we were struggling. Yeah. Uh, I liked the area. I lived in a flat down there, Purton at the time. Yes, Purton, place called yeah. Purton, yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed it and I really wanted it to work and I was yeah. very disappointed uh, when I left because I, I, I went on loan to Cambridge United before the end of the season. Yeah. And I wish, I wish now I hadn't have left to go to Cambridge because I still had a, an option to stay at Wolves but I felt like I got pushed out uh, by... Uh, the management really okay. uh, they wanted me to go probably for finances they wanted me to go uh, but I wish I'd have said no and I'd, and I'd have stayed maybe at, at Wolves but you know as, as you said football's difficult you make decisions what you think yes. are right at the time um, and Cambridge wanted me and I was playing regular at Cambridge so. I mean the, the, the start um, you know you made your debut Southampton away then Spurs at home Villa at home Man United yeah. away Forest away yeah. West Ham at home I mean young 20 year old lad playing in all these top stadiums in, in yeah. the first division you know I bet you thought you know this is it yeah yeah oh yeah I loved it but they were tough games and yes. and to be fair I think the team obviously weren't good enough but I think a lot of why Wolves got promoted that season, because I remember playing against Wolves at Bolton. Yep. I think we played them in the last match of the season at Burning Park before they got promoted, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it was the euphoria of being saved at the last minute. Yes. So the club was on a high anyway. Yes. Uh, there was a lot of young players in the team. I know you had the likes of Andy Gray and Kenny Abbott were yeah. still uh, veterans. But I, don't, I didn't feel like the mix was right at, at Wolves. And... Um, and I even Graham Hawkins, I don't think was very experienced as a manager at the time. Yeah. So I think there were a lot of things mixed in the pot. The stadium was like half built. I think we'd, we'd had a big stand built built down one side of the yeah, pitch, yeah, still and we were still changing in the old parts. Yeah. Um, so it was all a bit of a mix up. Really, you know, I think the reality was there, Mick, with with Graham Hawkins, for example, the man who signed you. Um, it was a surprising appointment, really, because he was number two at Shrewsbury to uh, then mm. going to be what was former another sorry future Wolves manager, Graham Turner. So Graham Hawkins is number two at Shrewsbury. He gets the job at Wolves. He does have a good first season and gets us promotion. Um, I think yeah. in hindsight, and a few of the players have said this from that period. Maybe Graham. Possibly wasn't the man for the top flight for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't like to comment, and, and you know, it's a long time ago. Mm. But what was your relationship like in particular with with Graham Mick? Um. Well, at first it it was fine. I mean, I got off to a bad start. I had a hernia uh, problem before the season even started, right. so that didn't go down well. Obviously, coming a new player, yeah. And I missed the, the preseason trip to Sweden, so I, I, don't, I don't think that went down too well with him. Um, but generally, he, he was fine. But I, and I was obviously only twenty years old. Yes. Um, I've not had a lot of experience with different managers. But I did think at the time, 
maybe wasn't strong enough when they had a dressing room. You know, there's a lot of strong characters, Andy Gray, yeah. Kenny Herbert, yeah. um, Jeff Palmer, Jeff Palmer yeah. um, John Burridge, yeah, you know, um, Gordon Smith. Yeah. There were a lot of strong characters. Yes. And maybe he just wasn't ready for it. Yeah. You know, maybe the, if, there was a lot of young players as well, as you, you've already mentioned, uh, yes. Roger Dale Rudge, uh, Billy Livingston, uh, Bob Coy, I think, was uh, Huey, yeah. Atkinson. You know, there's a lot of young players as well, and I, it could have been good. Yeah. It could have been good. But I think it was just a step too, too much. Yeah. If that team maybe could have stayed together another year in the, in the second division yeah. and built on it, Maybe, but I think it was just a step too far. And if I remember correct, Jason, maybe you can put me around this. I think we won at Anfield one 0 the first game of the season. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not yet. Yeah, we did, we did beat uh, Liverpool at Anfield. Steve Marderborough was the goal scorer. Yeah, that's correct. And I think because Steve signed with me, and I think um, he came to Cambridge afterwards actually. But I think. Uh, Liverpool won the league that year and we were the only team to beat them at Anfield which again is an amazing start <laughs> yeah. when you think you know you get promoted you win at Anfield and then you get relegated you finish bottom of the league and, and yeah. I think what's interesting is that I, I, I'll be honest with you I don't think Wolves expected to get promotion the season before mm. and it all yeah. went off to such a good start but finances again were, were a problem and prevailing and I think in the end we did have to rely on a lot of young players and homegrown yeah. talent i.e. your Dale Rudges, um, yeah, like you know yourself a young player we did have to rely yeah. on young players and, and I think it was really I think it was you know a step too far for them was it was it quite daunting for you Mick? Yeah it was um yeah, because I think it was a. I think everybody it was a case of uh, every man for himself as well. There wasn't uh, the team cohesion yes. that there should have been, and I think the the kids, the younger players, were left to fend for themselves a little bit. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, uh, Kenny Abbott, Jeff Palmer, I can remember particularly were really good. You yes. know, really helpful. Yeah. But they were in the twilight of their careers as well. I think if I'm, you know, yeah, yeah, if I'm, if off, I'm right yeah. in saying that, Kenny would be nearly thirty, thirty-two, maybe. I think maybe. Yeah. yeah. And Andy Gray, I think, moved that season to Everton. Everton, yeah. yeah he, and he had a few injuries, and I think he was looking for a move anyway. I think he he read the script. Obviously, he could make big money, and he went on to do fantastic, as we know. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, and John Burridge was coming to the end of his days. He was a great, great lad, by the way. Great in the dressing room. Great with the kids. Would you? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just, I think. Everything was just too much, like you say. So much had happened at the club: getting yes. promoted, getting saved, getting promoted. I think the manager was probably a little bit out of his depth. There was a lot of young players in. The finances yeah. weren't right. So many things happening. Yeah, you know. Um, and, and, like I said, there'd been so much happening off the pitch, uh, and, and yeah. you could see that was beginning to, to transpire on it. And sadly, they ended up bottom that season. And then, as you know, history tells us that yeah. it was three successive relegations. So. Um, it, you yeah. know, and once again, Mick, after you left the club, it must be difficult to look back on. You know, obviously you've played against Spurs at home, and then a couple of weeks later, Man you away to then see them dip and yeah. you know go to the depths that the club did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because as I said, I really enjoyed it. Despite it, I only played eight or nine games and, yeah. and we finished bottom I really did enjoy my time there I enjoyed the, the training ground at Cannock uh, as I said the, 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 whole, the whole environment I enjoyed and I think 
I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And ever since I've left, I've, I've always followed Wolves, along with my hometown club, Wolves. is probably the first uh, club I, I look at for, for results. Yes. And it's great to see him doing so well now because it, it was a massive club then, you know. Um, yeah. And they, I think they belong in the Premier League, the club's that big and the, the fan base and the tradition, the history. Um, so yeah from my point of view it would have been nice to have been able to be there a little bit longer and I'd like to say to you now Jason I had 100 games for Wolves not, yeah. not just 8 or 9 you know but listen um, the end of the day uh, Mick you know you've wore the shirt and, and you know I always say whether you've played 1 or 100 games it's still a huge huge achievement but you know naturally you want to play as many as you can yeah yeah yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, as you say, I've, I look at the positives. Yeah. Um, uh, playing for a club like Wolves, it, it, it's great to look back on and, and say I actually pulled on the old gold shirt oh. and uh, ran out on Molyneux. Wow. Yeah, and and you know. obviously, you, you, you mentioned him a couple of times. Very, very good friend of mine. He was actually best man at my wedding. I was best man at his. Dale oh. Rudge. Um, oh, so, right. yeah, okay. you, played, you played with Rudge quite a bit, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you, you must. Um, Pass my regards on to to Roger. Yeah. He'll probably be uh, listening, actually, Dale. Will he? What? Sorry, Jason. He'll probably be listening. He's a regular listener to the podcast. Ah, is he? Some of that. Oh, on. But right, one, right. Oh, but well, once again, he was he was a, a locally born player. Um, and yeah. and uh, for him, for example, for Dale, he yeah. played thirty odd games for the club. Um, another period, another time, he could have played a lot more. But I just think there was so much pressure on the young players yeah. coming through to perform. Well, I, actually, I, I do remember Dale playing, and I and I did think I think he's probably a couple of years younger than me. I think he might have been only eighteen when he was in the side at the time. Yeah. Um, and I did think at the time, I do recall thinking it was too much for for those lads. Billy Livingston was another one yeah. who I think had done really well the season before, but I think he really struggled that particular year. Yeah. Um. And I, it did look too much for those players to me, it, but they were chucked in at the deep end, and you know it's sink or swim, isn't it? And, it is, uh, and it's like, a huge. I think with everything that was going on behind the scenes, like you say, it did eventually affect what was going on on the pitch, and it, and then that filtered through from the management as well, from from Graham. I think Frank Upton was a yeah, uh, Frank Upton, coach. Yeah. Jim Barron was first team coach, I think, as yeah. well. And he took and over, I, I believe, they, they the back end of that season. Sorry, Jason. I believe Jim Barron took over at the end of that season, if I'm right. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, so, um, but I mean, yeah, it was pressure for them too. Oh, of course it was. Like they Listen. were they were new they were new to it as well, Jason. It wasn't like they'd had 10, 15, 20 years experience of yeah. managing and coaching at that level. I think it was, you know, new to them as well. D- yeah, difficult, difficult time for the club. And, and, in, and in May 1984, you left, went to Cambridge. And I believe you yeah. actually played with a player who went on to play for Wolves later in his career, Andy Sinton. Yeah, Sinton's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Andy Sinton, yeah. He, he, he left Cambridge for Brentford. And then I think he went on to QPR in England. He played for England, of course. Yeah, great lad. Good, good player, Sinners. And... Um, I think there was another uh, Keith Lockhart as well. Yes, Keith Lockhart. Yeah, Lockett. Yeah, he was at Cambridge with me. Yeah, uh, and I always remember um, two or three years later watching Wolves play Charlie at Burning Park. Yes. I was at Preston at the time, and Lockie was playing for Wolves. Which yeah. I'm sorry to bring up. For yeah, Wolves I was going to say you, you're opening night. up some raw wounds now, Mick. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. Because we actually joking. played Charlie in the next round. 
Yeah. I was at Preston and we, and we drew 0-0 and then beat them 5-0 in the replay. So I got a bit of revenge for Wolves. Uh, oh, that, um, that's all right. Yeah. Because I believe as well, when you was at Cambridge, David Moyes was there? Yeah. Yeah, I showed a house with Moyes for a year. Yeah. Um, he signed from Celtic um, at the same time as I signed from Wolves. So, yeah, I was good friends with Moyes. Yeah. And then, of course, it's history. Everything Moyes is done fantastic for himself on the court in a management side oh. be- much better than he ever did as a player Un- unbelievable career but, but for yeah. yourself Mick uh, you know once again you've had a career in football I believe now spanning uh, over 40 years so what jobs have you done since football in, in well, terms coaching. of since, you, since your playing career ended well when I first finished playing I, I'd had a lot of injuries I broke my leg I had a bad break when I was at Preston and uh, a couple of other injuries so uh, I finished really professional about 32, 33 yeah. and I went playing non-league uh, conference um, and I was when I finally hung my boots up I wasn't really I think I'd had a bad time in football injuries and I was burnt out and I wasn't really interested in going into the coaching side yeah. so I did a few things for a, for a year or two straight after football and then it was Sam Allardyce who was manager at Bolton Wanderers next teammate of mine who I stayed friends with invited me to the academy and yeah. said why don't you come and try a bit of coaching do the under 10s under 11s um, so I did and I did my, my B licence see you know all, all the coaching badges stayed yeah. with Bolton Wanderers Academy for 10 years loved it with the kids the youth I've always liked coaching the kids I'm ne- yes. I've never really had any aspirations of playing coaching higher yeah. um, so I was with Bolton Wanderers Academy for 10 years and then I've been with Manchester United for 10 years and I've worked abroad I've been in Azerbaijan for the last 7 years 4 of those for Manchester United I've done my pro licence as well now um, so I've always been in and around youth football yes at academies really um, and it's where I see myself you know I'm back obviously with the pandemic now and Covid football's on its knees and yeah. all around the world you know not just in this country but I, I am ambitious and I want to get back into into football but I'm happy staying around the youth you know I, 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 maybe because it's Jason in my own background yeah. you know starting so young and getting into the first team at 17 in England and having all those things happen I'm really interested in the youth now and I'm I love seeing kids coming through uh you know, through the club when they when they certainly when they've been there from 11, 12 yeah. years old, and then you see them in the re- reserves and they get in the first team, amazing. So I, 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 you know, I buzz off that now. And, and, it's, and football, to be fair, Mick, has took you all over the world, hasn't it? I mean, it's took you to Finland, it's took you to, like you said, Azerbaijan. I mean, you know, it has, yeah. it has took you all yeah, over. I've never heard of Azerbaijan, by the way, when I got offered the job. I yeah. Was like, is, does that really exist? It, um, so, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate through Manchester United a lot and Bolton, but Australia, Japan, um, Indonesia, yeah, obviously Europe and that. But, yeah, football's taken me all around the world. It's been fantastic to me, really. Even though I look back sometimes, Jason, on my career and think, like, we've talked about Wolves. Yes. I wish things could have been different, but, you know, I... You, can't always yeah. doesn't always work the way you want it in football. I think it's hard sometimes, Mick. I think you know sometimes players' careers aren't defined by their ability or by themselves. They're defined by injuries. They are defined by opinions. Managers yeah. coming in, managers going, and it is and it is very difficult. And I think sometimes we take it for granted when we see a young 
18, 19, 20-year-old player playing, it's so easily to, you know, so easy, I should say, yeah. to put pressure on him when we really don't know that the pressure they're already sort of putting on themselves. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, it's even harder these days for these young players to, to make it, yeah. especially at Premier League level. I mean, the competition is... You know, it's really, really tough, and they have to be one hundred percent dedicated. And like you say, you do need a little bit of luck. You need yeah. to be in the right place at the right time sometimes. But ultimately, you need the right attitude. And and these young players, if they believe in themselves and they get enough support, and and they've got natural ability, a base of ability, there's always a chance. But you have to believe in yourself and take a lot of knocks along the way. Yes, you know. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, footballs are, uh, can be cruel, but it, we, we all know the rewards. It certainly, it certainly can, Mick. And and I mean, from your point of view, Mick, um, if you look back on your career, especially at Wolves, which obviously we're focusing on, if there's one abiding memory which you can look back on um, in a Wolves shirt, and and it, and it always puts a smile on your face, what memory is it, Mick? <laughs> well, from um, probably John Burridge. In the dressing room, there's yeah. a few stories I can tell you. He, he was a bit of a nutcase, John <laughs> Burridge, and they always used to make me laugh. Just looking at him made me laugh. Um, and I, I, I do rem- remember, I wish I'd have been there to see it, but somebody told me the story about the, se- the, the last match of the season. when Newcastle United, he, yeah, that's right. He came on the pitch in a Superman suit. Yes. Is that right? That, oh. In the goals, in the warm-up, pre-match warm-up. Yeah. Rest as Superman. Um, I think the backstory to that is, um, which I've heard, that uh, it was Kevin Keegan that, that he had a bet with or something. And then right. next thing you know, he's out on the pitch um, yeah. with, with, uh, yeah. with in a Superman's outfit. But, that you know, yeah. I think, once again, what a character uh, John oh, a great was. character, yeah. But, yeah, just, just playing on Molyneux, you know, even now when I see it, it's fan- fantastic stadium to, to play on at the time. And, um, yeah... I, Every minute that I played every game, really, I know there was a few bad results, which I could not Don't to remember. Don't worry Yeah, I always remember playing Tottenham at home with lost 3-2 and I had a great chance to score an equaliser uh, from about six or seven yards out. The ball came across, I dived in and I missed it. <sighs> and I don't think Graham Hawkins ever forgave me for that. I think that's probably one of the reasons why he, he sent me back into Cambridge. Um, I never got forgiven for that. Uh, I mean, but, who was in the Spurs team that day? Well, Glenn Hoddle. I can re- always remember Hoddle that day. Yeah, uh, had a had a fantastic match. I always remember being in awe of him, uh, thinking how good. But also a, a quick one, Jason. Yes. When I played at Old Trafford, yeah, against Manchester United, uh, John Gidman, he, he, you know, ex Villa. Yeah, he um, he'd been injured. He he had a knee ligament operation he'd been out for about six or eight months I think yeah. and that was his first game back and uh, I, I remember him Tano I gave him a, a, a big welcome on the pitch Old Trafford 40,000 whatever it was uh, singing his name we kicked off and the, within 10 seconds it was me and him 50-50 block tackle on the halfway line oh. and uh, yeah he got stretched off so I got booed for oh. the rest 89 minutes after that every time I touched it yeah uh, it, it was just a 50-50 on the halfway line unfortunately just an absolute freak knee. yeah you've gone in for the yeah. ball just to win it and it's yeah and his knee mustn't have been strong enough he'd been out so long and he got stretched off so you can imagine how that felt for 
eight uh-huh. to nine minutes. Yeah, um, a young man, 40-odd thousand at Old Trafford, yeah. and you've just yeah. injured the player who's just come back from injury. Yeah, not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely sure, that, brilliant, that was Mick. A Brilliant. Well, Mick, I want to thank you for your time today on the podcast. Um, yes, albeit a short spell at the club, in your own words, you've still played for the club, you've still wore the shirt, and you've still obviously trod on that Molyneux pitch. I want to thank you for your time today, Mick. Um, wish you continued luck in your football career, and you're welcome back on the Wolf Whistle podcast anytime. That's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, Jason. Thanks very much for inviting me, and uh, good luck to Wolves this season. Let's hope they continue to uh, climb up the table because they've, they've had a fantastic few seasons and uh, where they belong. Brilliant. Back where they belong. Thanks, Mick. Cheers, Jason. Thanks, Doug.